We're going to begin, uh, open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 17 through 25 this morning. First Timothy chapter 5, we've been going through this just on our times here this morning. Uh, last week, I think it was all about widows and how the church is to take care of widows. And this time we come to honoring elders. So 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. The elders who lead well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor at preaching the word and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while it is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Those who continue in sin, reprove in the presence of all, so that the rest also will be fearful. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of his elect angels to observe these things, these instructions without bias, doing nothing in partiality. Do not lay hands upon anyone hastily and thereby share responsibility for their sins of others, for the sins of others keeping yourself pure. No longer drink water only, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some men are quite evident, going before them to judgment. For others, their sins follow after. So also good works are quite evident, and those who are otherwise cannot be concealed. Let's pray and commit our time to the Lord. Uh, Father, this morning it is our desire, Lord, just as a group of men, to continue to grow in in faithfulness. Uh, Father, we uh, rest upon you and your righteousness. We understand that nothing that we bring uh, to the table, Lord, makes us worthy to come before you. And so we only come in the righteousness of, of Christ and with a desire to, to know Him more and to follow after His footsteps. Father, in regards to our families, um, You've given us and our wives and our children uh, a great gift, uh, and You've given us a great responsibility in the, the shepherding of them. And Father, while we certainly don't meet the mark, it is our desire uh, to do that. So help us this morning. Help us to be an encouragement to one another. Help us to be encouraged by your word uh, and just to grow in the stewardship that you've given us. So, Father, we thank you and pray this in your son's name. Amen. All right. Well, if you would, um, if you've got your study, we are on page 83. If you don't have um, a study, a couple things you could do because we're out of them back there. I need to get more. Um, But you could just type in on Google Grace and Granite. Um, and then that's going to come up with a PDF, and I think we also have it through our website. If you can find wherever it says Grayson, or Lead Ministry, uh, you're going to see a little PDF thing. Uh, so Grace and Granite, the church is through Jerry Rag, so anywhere associated with them, you should be able to find the, the PDF, and you can follow along in that way. Otherwise, you can take your Bible and open up to Psalm 128. Psalm 128. Um, obviously, this is an important topic because in our, our culture, uh, family is not a big deal. And it's currently trying, they're trying to dismantle the family in many ways. We looked at it a little bit this last Sunday, and, and obviously marriage being the first way. Um, and once uh, mom and dad are no longer a thing, or the sanctity of marriage is no longer a thing, then that begins to dismantle. But I would say also, secondly, would just be how we raise our, our children. 
or the lack of uh, raising our, our children biblically and with purpose and, and discipline and instruction in the Lord. These are things that you may not see immediately, but 10, 15 years down the line, it's going to have a major impact um, on our country. Um, and more than likely, that's coming. I'm not super encouraged by um, what I hear overall, not necessarily speaking to this church, um, with the kids growing up. But So how do you, how do you fix that? Uh, well, there's not necessarily a lot of wisdom that in of myself I have, or we can't go to the next guru out there, but it all comes down to what do we think of God's Word, and are we seeking to do everything we do in what God has said? And so he says there are two prerequisites for enjoying God's blessing on your uh, family. And he's going to take all of this out of Psalm 128. So let's read that just to begin with, and then we'll spend a little bit of time uh, talking about it and then hopefully encouraging one another at our tables. Great psalm. Actually, I'm going to read verse uh, starting 127. They're both short psalms. He mentions both of them, and they're both applicable. So we'll begin with Psalm 127. Song of Ascents of Solomon. Unless Yahweh builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless Yahweh watches the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early, that you sit out late, or you who eat the bread of painful labors, for in this manner he gives sleep to his beloved. Behold, children are an inheritance of Yahweh. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with enemies in the gate. Psalm 128, a song of ascents. How blessed is everyone who fears Yahweh, who walks in His ways. You who eat of the fruit of the labor of your hands, how blessed will you be, and how well it will be with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. In the innermost parts of your house, your children like olive plants. All around your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears Yahweh. May Yahweh bless you from Zion, that you may see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Obviously, two very well known Psalms, but I think one thing that it establishes uh, right from the beginning with how blessed is everyone who fears Yahweh. It's just the the very simple idea that blessing is only found in God. It's only found in God. And and obviously that is a concept that everybody wants. Everybody wants blessing. I mean, that encompasses the idea of of happiness on, on one level, of peace, of security, of stability, regardless of the situation, regardless of what's going on in your family. Everybody wants that. The question is, who is actually seeking it in the Lord? And our culture is seeking it in all kinds of different ways. And as men, we could seek it in all kinds of different ways. We can go try to find it in our careers. We can find it in our hobbies. We can find it in our friendships. We can seek to find it in our wives or in our children. But at the end of the day, there's only one true blessing, and, and that comes from God. And he says there are two prerequisites for enjoying 
God's blessing on your family. And the first one is the fear of the Lord. How blessed is everyone, and then he qualifies it, who fears God. So you could know about God. You could have some facts about God. You could go to church. You could grow up in the church. You could know a lot of your Bible. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to, are you a man who truly fears the Lord? Do you truly fear Yahweh? This is the prerequisite. He gives a, a few reasons that we should fear. Uh, really within the context of this psalm, he says, one, because it's God who created the family. He created you. He's your creator. Not only did he create you, he also created and established the family. So the family in of itself, we have to realize it's not something that we tamper with or mess with. Culture definitely doesn't understand this. It's not a human institution. This is God-designed um, and given and created by God. And so we need to have a healthy fear and respect of the institution of the family um, it's, itself. That being the case, God is the one who holds the keys to the family. It's His perspective of what brings blessing in a family that matters. It's His perspective on what I'm to do as a leader in my family uh, that matters. And so we need to understand that He's the designer, He's the creator, He's the establisher of the family. Now, also, he says that it's God who gives each man his family. Uh, Psalm 127.3, we just read it, Behold, children are an inheritance of Yahweh. Not of you, uh, not of your dad or granddad, of God. The fruit of the womb is a reward. God is the one who gives us uh, children. Uh, this is a gift from the Lord. It's an undeserved gift. He says it's not a right. Uh, we shouldn't necessarily expect it. And just because we have it doesn't mean either that we're any better than anybody else. Uh, this is in the Lord's sovereign plan, what He has done. And so we see this as a gift from the Lord. And you have to keep in mind, I remember Bruce used to, to make this point because he, he, he had a sermon that he would preach on this. Uh, but when it talks about children being a, a gift, just this idea that sometimes us as parents have to remember, our kids are not a, a burden. <laughs> um, they are a gift. And, and even though at times it, it may be tough and there may be some discipline situations um, and they may not always say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Okay. I mean, your kids probably don't mind do all the time. All right. Um, just kidding. But just remembering, man, this, in my case, these little girls are, are gifts and to be treasured um, and ultimately to thank God for. And so we're to give thanks in everything, especially uh, for our families, because it is an undeserved gift, whether that be our wife or our children or both. And then secondly, it's, uh, he said, or thirdly, he says, because God is the one who builds the family. And he takes this from Psalm 127, unless Yahweh builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless Yahweh watches the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. Uh, he says you can read all the books that you want on family. And by the way, there are a ton of books out there. And, and just to be quite honest, some of them have very weird ideas. Some of them have ideas that, hey, are fine in of themselves, but they're preferential. 
And so people will take these things and, and say, this is like gold. This is the standard. And now they begin to judge everybody else based upon whether they do this thing or not. And so keeping in mind, those things could be helpful, but this is what we want to model our families off of, and especially when it comes to the authoritativeness of that. We're going to make sure that our families here at Believers Fellowship or those that we're helping, not necessarily that we have the latest new book that's come out, uh, but that we're modeling things off of the Word of God. This is where the blessing comes. Uh, this is where the plans come for the father or the husband to know how he is to live out um, this idea of family life. And so fearing the Lord because God created, he gives, and he builds the family. The second thing he says on the next page is just an idea of what is a description of fearing the Lord. Uh, what does it mean to fear the Lord just in of itself, but also what does it mean to fear the Lord within the family? One helpful thing that um, that I can remember that someone told me early on in, in ministry, I, I can't even remember what text I was given, um, but this is while I was at Grace Community Church in the youth department. It was like one of my first times to preach, and it was part of the text included the idea of fearing the Lord. And before the sermon, the elder just grabbed me, and he just had a quick thing. I just don't want you to mess this up. <laughs> okay, tell me. Uh, whatever you got. He said, just remember, the fear of the Lord is always intimately connected with a knowledge of who God is and a love for the Lord. And so if you don't know who God is, you're never going to get fear of the Lord. And so it has to be connected with how has God revealed himself in Scripture. Uh, fear of the Lord is connected to that. Uh, from that comes an appropriate response uh, to God, which at times could be trembling, because you've just read about his sovereignty, his power, his strength, and there's just an overwhelming sense of just the greatness of God and how big and small you are and, and all of that. And, and sometimes it, it may be that, that warmth and comfort and love that, that comes as you read about his mercy and his grace in, in your life as you um, read the Gospels and you, and you see Christ and and God here on this earth, and, and the exact representation, and all of that. And so fear of the Lord just comes from an understanding and a belief in who God has revealed himself to be, an appropriate uh, response uh, in that way. Um, within the family, he's got a couple things that I think are helpful. Um, he says, this would mean that if you fear God, you're going to be careful not to offend God. Um, you fear his displeasure in, in one sense. I, I don't want to displease my heavenly father in the same way maybe a child doesn't want to displease a father whom he loves. So this being the case, as a husband or as a father, we need to know what offends him. What is it that offends him in, in the family? Uh, a couple things I, I thought of. And turn over to Colossians 3.19. This is the parallel text to what we just looked at um, this last Sunday, which I did not mention, probably should have, but I didn't mention. But Colossians 3.19, it's a much shorter verse than Ephesians 5.25-31. through 31. 
Um, but in 3.19, he says, Husbands, love your wives. So that's what pleases him. And do not be embittered against them. Uh, don't be harsh with them. Don't allow bitterness to grow in your heart. So <laughs> what offends him if we're seeking to fear the Lord when there is something with our wives that angers us, that makes us bitter, um, we're tired of, of whatever, and there's, there's bitterness growing in our heart, we need to realize the Lord's not pleased with that. <laughs> Maybe He's not pleased with whatever's going on with our wife, and the same, but we need to deal with our own heart first. Um, and so seeking to <clears throat> first go before the Lord and confess that, um, and also confess that to our wives and, and making it right. So we're walking in what God has revealed um, in His Word as to what makes for a loving husband because we fear Him. This may not be something that we feel like doing, but we do it out of faith because we fear the Lord. We want to make things right. First um, Peter 5.5 5, he mentions, which is a good one to go to, so go over there, First Peter. Uh, five five. He says, "You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble." Uh, so, who is it that offends the Lord? Actually, it's worse than that. Who is it that God opposes? I mean, there's, you know, some of you in here I might oppose, and, and you know, maybe I would triumph in a race or something like that. I don't know. Um, but you never want to oppose God um, in any way. And who does he oppose? It's, it's proud. And the reality is there's a lot of times when if I'm being honest in discussions I have with my wife or whatever, there's some pride there that needs to just be thrown out. Um, and so just making sure that we're within our families and how we deal with our children and how we deal with our wives, that we're walking in um, humility. Since we're here, we should probably turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 7, where it says, You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with a weaker vessel, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. And then it adds this, so that your prayers will not be hindered. God's not even going to listen to you if you're not going to live with your wife in an understanding way. If you're harsh with them, if you're not seeking to understand, if you're not listening, if you're not reasonable, the Lord's not even going to listen to you. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're being careful as men not to... Um, offend him. Obviously, just in a general way, some other things, if you've got unrepented of sin in your life, um, then regardless of whatever else you're doing, uh, that's an offense to the Lord. It needs to be repented of, confessed uh, to the Lord, and most likely to your, to your wife if it has a context there. Um, an unresolved conflict with your wife. Uh, sometimes, Men can say, well, in our pride, we can say, I'm going to wait for her uh, to come. And I just want to let you know, she's not the one that's been given the primary responsibility of leadership. She, I mean, obviously, she has a responsibility before the Lord. You be the initiator, whether you started it or not. Why? Because God has gifted you this family to steward, and the one who walks in humility and the fear of the Lord is going to seek after resolution 
to these conflicts, reconciliation because you fear God. And so you be the initiator. You confess whatever you need to. You bring whatever you need to, regardless of what she does. You make it right. Set the example and set the table um, so that a conflict can be worked through. Uh, A selfish attitude. If when you get home, it's all about what you need to do or want to do or whatever that may be. You've got a hobby that you've got to do, and hey, she's needing help. Kids are needing help. It's that selfishness that's really keeping you from doing what God has called to do. You need to uh, repent of that as well. So there's all kinds of things we could add there, but at the end of the day, it comes down to you are a man who fears the Lord, and so you're seeking to walk according to what His Word calls you to in any way that you can. And so as the Lord reveals that, you have a soft heart uh, that wants to live righteously within the family. Second thing, not only negatively, but positively, you need to be eager to please Him and esteem Him. This means we've got to know, uh, he puts it in three different ways, it's kind of all the same thing, what pleases Him, what honors Him, and know what brings His gaze. Um, If you look at Isaiah chapter 66, it is a great verse, one that you've heard. Isaiah 66, verse 2. Start in verse 1. Thus says Yahweh, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is the footstool of my feet. Where then is a house that you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares Yahweh. But to this one I will look. To him who is humble and contrite of spirit, who has a broken spirit in Psalm 51, and who trembles at my word. So there's again the idea of fear. Uh, trembling at the word really is the fear of the Lord. This is God's word. This is why we, we tremble. So this is what pleases him. Am I walking with a brokenness and a humbleness uh, within my family? I understand my absolute need of the Lord. I understand my brokenness without Him. Do my kids and my wife, do they see this and sense this within me? And do they know that that Dad truly fears God's Word? He loves God's Word. He trembles at it because he doesn't want to disobey or walk in a way that does not please Him. So know what pleases the Lord. A few things I thought of. Uh, one, we've kind of been talking about it on Sunday, but just that within the home, your leadership is sacrificial. And so your wife needs to see this. Your kids need to see this. Not that you're like the tyrant leading from your kingly throne and you're commanding everyone to do this or that so you don't have to get up and everything. You need to be setting the example way out ahead of the family and you're the one who sacrifices. You're the one who leads in that Uh, way. Um, You need to know, or that your family needs to know, that you're a man of prayer. Um, They need to to hear you praying um, at the dinner table. Uh, When a a situation arises, someone's sick or something, you're you're praying for them. You need to teach them about prayer, and they need to see you being a man who believes in the power of prayer. 
You need to be a man who is opening up God's Word within the family on a regular basis. Um, <clears throat> if that's with your wife, and then you do it with your wife. If it's you've got kids, um, every night in some way you're speaking about God's Word, you're talking about God's Word. And they need to know you're a family who loves God's Word. You're a dad who doesn't just do this because he has to, but actually they see dad getting in, the God of, in God's Word even outside of this. Um, you set that example in that way. A man who fears the Lord, what pleases the Lord? You need, they need to know that you're a man who values the church, who values ministry, um, serving other people. And, and as you're seeking to bring blessing within your home by walking according to God's Word, you know, hopefully God's going to allow your family unit to be a blessing to those outside of the home. Uh, they can come in the home, and hospitality uh, can have a, a, a great effect on them, and you can set an example um, in that way. Um, your wife and your children need to know uh, that they can come to you and they can be heard, they can be shepherded. Um, and I think sometimes, too, it needs to flow in the opposite direction. Not only are we waiting for them to come, but we're pursuing their hearts. Um, and one thing I realized early on, and my girls were small at this point, but my job, part of it was to do small groups and to meet with kids and to ask questions. Hey, where are you at? How's it going? Um, how's your relationship with the Lord? And at one point I just realized, man, why am I, why am I not doing that with my own kids? <laughs> I need to be asking that question regularly. Where are you at? What are you thinking about? What are you struggling with? And, and I would just say it probably isn't going to happen if it's not something you're being purposeful with. Now put it on the calendar. I'm taking my wife out on this day, and, and we're going to have this conversation. I'm, I'm going to take my children out, or you know, one of them on this day is going to be a little, little date thing, and, and we go out, and we're just going to sit down, and we're going to talk. I'm just going to ask, hey, Hey, how you been? Um, how's your time in the Word going? Let me tell you about what I'm learning. And you're just setting that example in that way. Why? Because you want to please the Lord. You want your children uh, to learn that as well. And so be eager to please the Lord. A lot of the things you could talk about there, um, but we'll leave that for our discussion. And then just to close out, not only do we fear the Lord, but we walk in His ways. We walk in His ways. He takes this from the second part. How blessed is everyone who fears Yahweh, first part, who walks in His ways. And so some of this we've already talked about, but this means you have to know what His ways are. Now read Psalm 119. If you want to know a heart that leads to that, it's in Psalm 119. This is a man who desires to understand uh, God's law, to obey God's law. He's asking over and over again, give me understanding, shed light, help me to walk in this uh, way. And so you're a man who studies God's word. You're growing in your ability to know what God has said and to apply it. Um, he says, teach your family the truth with the purpose of obeying it. Now, so what does this mean? It means not only as a dad or as a husband, are you having some time in the Word? But also, what does it say in Ephesians for our children? We bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's a discipline aspect to this. Uh, the correction in your house happens according to God's Word. The instruction happens according to God's Word. 
And so there's a purpose behind that. You desire for them to walk in it as well. Answer all questions with truth. Now, this is important. Um, you know, my girls, they, they often like to ask questions that are the answers are not necessarily in the truth. They're the ones that no one knows. I have no idea why Satan was allowed to do that in the garden, okay, for example. Um, but you're always bringing them back to a discussion around the Bible, and they know that that's where you ultimately go for truth. What's the result of this? And so after we talked about fearing God, walking in His ways, here's the result. Again, let me just read it to you, verses 2 through uh, 3. When you shall eat of the fruit of the labor of your hands, how blessed will you be and how well it will be with you. I think this is talking about not only work inside of the home, but probably primarily work outside of the home. Uh, there's going to be a contentment that comes with your own work. It, it will be blessed because you're seeking to walk according to what God has said. Not only that, that blessing flows down. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. Um, this is what your wife longs for, the security that comes from a man who's walking according to the ways of God, the peace that comes from that. Um, and in the innermost parts of your house, your children, uh, like olive plants all around your table, which honestly sounds terrifying to me because I hate olives, but nonetheless, okay, this is a good picture. And so your children are going to be blessed as well. Behold, what this is saying is, Everyone look, look at this, how blessed is this man, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears Yahweh. Take note um, of this. So everybody wants blessing. This is the pathway to it. That doesn't mean you're going to be rich, uh, that all the circumstances of your life are going to be like Disneyland. It means that there's going to be a contentment and a satisfaction uh, that you have in your life that cannot be taken away regardless of circumstance. That's what's offered. And by the way, it's not a quick thing. This is a walking in God's ways for a long time where this blessing begins to come. You see God's faithfulness in your life. So this comes by faith. So let me pray for us, and then we've got some questions for you. Father, we thank you just for your word. It reminds us of what it means to walk in a way that fears you. Lord, this is something that we need to grow in. Uh, Lord, I confess that I'm, I'm not always waking up with a constant fear and understanding of who you are, and, and sometimes um, we forget. Even though we know, we forget, Lord, who you are and to walk in that reality. So, Father, help us as men to model that within our families. Lord, we give you thanks for our wives. We give you thanks for our children. And, Lord, help us, Lord, not only to see them as a gift, but, Lord, to understand this is a, a stewardship that you have given. And you require us faithfulness. You will hold us accountable. Uh, so, Lord, help us to walk in the fear of you in regards to these things and to pursue not the blessing you know, the false blessings that would come from the world. But, Father, the true one that comes only through Jesus Christ. We thank you and we pray these things in your Son's name. Amen.